Hey, welcome to today's podcast where we're gonna talk about how to think like a thin and healthy person. That is the cornerstone of becoming a thin and healthy person. And it's important that you have a different focus where most people are just focused on the external piece of trying to force themselves to act like the thin and healthy person. I want you to focus on thinking like a thin and healthy person because that naturally leads to the behaviors. And if you make your focus on thinking like that type of person that you wanna be, um, you naturally just become that person. And if you just focus on behaving like that person, it always feels like a struggle, right? Don't you feel that? You know, like that experience where you feel like you're fighting against yourself? This is, um, this is why, you know, because you never change the internal piece. You never change how you're thinking. And so it just becomes this constant battle of trying to force yourself to not, you know, behave the way that you normally do, okay? So how do you think like a thin and healthy person? Um, I'd love to give you like a quick answer to that, but there is no quick answer to it because thinking like a thin, healthy person is very similar to learning a new language. And there, there's nothing you could say to just like learn a new language. You just have to appreciate what the process is. And so it starts though, I will tell you this, by asking different questions because most of your thinking is in response to questions you're asking. And most of the time you're asking the same questions, the same type of questions. And I'll let you know right now, those types of questions are usually problem oriented about why you're not doing the things you know you should. What's wrong with me? Why can't I eat the right way? Why do I keep, you know, falling off the wagon? Why, why do I keep overeating? And you keep thinking about the things you don't do right. And that reinforces those. And so to think like a thin, healthy person really begins with new questions. How can I think like a thin, healthy person? You say, well, I don't know how a thin person thinks, you know? But it becomes a journey of discovering that, you know, if you want to learn how to speak Spanish, you may not know how a Spanish person speaks, right? But it becomes a process where you learn it step by step. And when you, so, so again, there are ways to do it. I'm going to tell you tactics kind of make that happen. But I want to set the initial frame first, because so often with weight loss, what people are doing is they're really just expecting that they're going to be the same person on the inside, but they're just going to act different. And so, no, this is a process of changing from the inside out into the person you want to be. And it begins by recognizing this is a journey where you keep adding little pieces of how you think like a thin and healthy person. And it's a little bit, you accumulate a little bit every day, just like if you'd learn a language. And so the questions you begin asking are, how can I feel better? How can I lose weight comfortably? How can I make it automatic and natural? And that's where things start to get interesting because you've been thinking about how can I lose weight in the fastest way possible, which is usually an extreme method. And so if you want to start thinking like a thin and healthy person, you want to start to put yourself into the mindset of a thin and healthy person. So that's part of it. You're connecting to the person that you want to be. And from that place, you start to look out at the world and you're going to start to notice different solutions. Okay, so certainly, you know, one thing you can do quickly to learn how to think like a thin and healthy person is to start to expose yourself to thin and healthy people, to read things that you believe would make you thin and healthy, you know, to watch documentaries that you believe would encourage you to be thin and healthy. And so, again, what I guess what I'm saying is it's more of an approach and a mindset than it is any one secret I could give you. You see, it, it's a it's an understanding. It's a path you're walking um, each and every day just like you would if you want to learn a language, if you want to learn a musical instrument, it's a path you walk. And once you start on that path though, it's completely different than the weight loss thing where you just try and change everything all at once. This is a long-term forever process of making 
yourself into a thin and healthy person as easily and naturally as possible, you know, and that becomes kind of the, the foundation of it, that you want to find ways to become the person you want to be in the most enjoyable and easiest way you can. Um, so it's automatic. And that comes back to, again, what identity do you have? If you believe that you're a thin and healthy person, that you've got different options of how to eat like a thin and healthy person, you start to become that person. I hope this makes sense because it's a completely different, it comes at a different place than what most people do with weight loss because most people with the weight loss just think of themselves as an overweight person, right? That's your identity. And so you're always trying to fight against that. And what we're looking to do here is we're looking to transform ourselves into that person we want to be, you know? And so again, that's the gold. That, that's the real powerful thing I'm telling you here is that it's that difference in approach. And then it becomes just an ongoing process. So I hope this turns some light bulbs on, you know, and begin to look at it this way. Begin to think of yourself. And, and again, what you're using, you're using your imagination. You're pretending, you're fantasizing. What if I was a person who just naturally thought thin and healthy things, that did thin and healthy things, you know, so I could weigh what I wanted to weigh, be the person I wanted to be. What would that be like? You know, so it's almost a leap of faith because we're going at it from imagination and you're imagining yourself to be the person you want to be. And each and every time you imagine yourself as that person, you add a little more detail to it. You uncover one little more thing that moves you down that path. Um, and this is the path to weight mastery, all right? So give this some thought and really start to connect and, and think on what would it be like if I was the person I wanted to be? And notice how that feels and notice what thoughts and ideas come up when, when you inhabit that space mentally. Okay. And I think you're going to be shocked. You can make changes a lot faster than you may have realized. All right. So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I'm happy to answer. I got a couple minutes here um, before I get to get out of here. But if you have any weight loss questions um, about anything, you know, people ask me stuff all the time. Usually it's about the typical diets, you know, but I'm happy to answer those. Uh, sure. I, I deal with mindset a lot, but, um, you know, I can help most things. How do I go about having a girl's night out and getting takeout? I don't always want it, but feel like I have to say yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Um, you know, and that's something a lot of people don't talk enough about, the idea that food food is a key component of rapport, right? So with the people that you live around normally, it, say you've been overweight, you kind of get takeout and you overeat and all the rest of it. It's kind of like this, this experience that everyone's sharing, right? And that's something that needs to be addressed because we, we, you know, relationships are like one of the most important things for humans. So we're not going to just all of a sudden do things that disconnect us from the group, from people that are important to us. So great question. Um, so what do you do? The first thing I want to say is, again, and I have to make this distinction because, again, with the diet, you just want to tell you what to do and then you just do it. Um, but with weight mastery, it's really a process of experimenting, right? You try things, some things work, some things don't. You learn from that and tweak what you do the next time. So, but I will give you some, some specific suggestions as well. Um, first thing I would do is I would look to keep things as similar as they've been the whole time, right? So what that means in my mind is I would still order takeout, okay? Because you wanna be part of the group and you wanna just, you know, keep that part of it. Um, now again, I don't know all the specifics of it, but you can order takeout, but maybe you order something healthier. Like that, that's the first option. The next option, Again, there's the three hours of weight loss, reduce, replace, remove. Now remove is like, don't order takeout, right? But that feels weird, right? It feels like you're breaking rapport. So in this case, I, I like to focus on the other two. Um, replace is that you order something healthier, you know, in that situation. Um, and reduce is probably 
the combination of those two and reduces you eat less of what you typically would eat okay now that's going to take a little extra strategy all right so if that's the path you want to walk down of reducing what you normally get or ordering something healthier and reducing even what you would normally eat of that um what you can do is you want to prepare for that because you want to recognize where's your hunger at you know a big mistake people make with weight loss is they really think like the hungrier i am the better you know, because the hungrier I am, the, the faster I'm going to lose the weight. Um, but it doesn't really work out that way. So before your friends get over there, um, what I would suggest is, you know, and again, you can take this as far as you want to. Uh, you could eat an apple. You could have some carrots or some celery. You could have a small salad. You could have something kind of nutritious um, before you go over. You could drink a glass of water. Okay. And what that does is just kind of eases off the hunger. And once you feel more, more in control and you're not as hungry, it's easier for you to follow the plan and the strategy that you laid out for yourself, you know? And so that you can order something a bit healthier. Um, you can eat less of it than you typically would, but you're still part of the group. You know what I mean? Like you're still doing what everyone's doing. And um, that's an important piece of it. You know what I mean? Like you really do have to kind of manage relationships along this journey, you know, because it doesn't make sense to... And this is what sometimes people do. You know, they go the opposite direction. They go on a diet and now they're telling everyone, right? And, and they're being kind of obnoxious about it. And now what happens is you kind of break rapport. Um, now all of a sudden these people, they're not really rooting for you, <laughs> you know? They ain't rooting for you anyways. Most people don't even want you to lose weight. And it's not because they don't care about you and love you and want you to be happy. It's because usually like, like a solid, when you start losing weight or like when a friend starts losing weight, it's kind of like you're holding up a mirror to the group. You know what I mean? It kind of makes people more like kind of self-conscious about what they're doing. You know, it kind of makes them feel bad about it. So typically people do not, um, you know, really support others in their weight loss. Not really. There's a bit of jealousy. You know what I mean? It makes them feel bad about what they're not doing. And that's kind of how it is. So I always suggest walking the path of kind of laying low a bit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Do it kind of do it as quietly as you can. You know what I mean? And really keep it to yourself. I promise you it makes the whole journey way easier, especially in the beginning, you know? And um, just kind of keep it to yourself. And it's hard, right? Because you're excited, and especially you start getting results. You want to tell everyone, right? And you want to let everyone know you're excited about it. Um, but it usually comes back to bite you in the butt, you know? So I, uh, I wouldn't suggest that. I kind of lay it kind of as low as I can, you know, with what I'm doing. What's up, Vicky? I love it that you never advise to resist temptation, willpower, but to have a strategy instead. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? You know that. Um, that resisting temptation, I, I rarely say that because, you know, anytime we feel like we're resisting temptation, again, we want to look at the subconscious factors of what we're talking about here. So when we feel like we really want something, subconsciously we're generating this desire for it, right? And the typical weight loss concept is that we have this desire for different foods, right? And then we're going to use our conscious willpower to stop it, to fight against it. And that process is a struggle the whole time, you know, forever a struggle. So what I'm looking to do is I want to reframe the subconscious thinking so that we reduce that desire so that we don't need willpower to fight against it. And um, the the classic example is if you're watching this and you're a non-smoker, it's not because you're fighting cravings all day long with your willpower. It's because the way you think about cigarettes there are no cravings, right? You just, you think they're gross or they're disgusting, or whatever, you don't want to do them. And so your, your desire has been lowered, lowered, right? And now you don't need willpower to fight that. So whenever there's like temptations that I really feel like I'm struggling, I, I, I almost never do that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess, I guess sometimes I, I may, rarely though, rarely, because it's not sustainable, you know? So, so occasionally, you know, maybe it's okay, but we really want to have strategy behind it. And a lot of it is really, um, Again, when you, when you kind of take it out with the program yourself, then approach, 
when you allow yourself to indulge in the temptations, we utilize that, you know, because a lot of times when you do, you know, eat all the cookies, eat all the ice cream, eat the whole pizza, whenever you kind of overdo it, you feel like shit, you know? And so we want to utilize that feeling like shit. So we change again that framing, right? That's why you don't like, that's why you don't do cigarettes. That's why you're not doing heroin or cocaine, right? Because the way you think about it, you're focused on the negative parts of it, right? And that focus reduces the desire for it so that you don't need willpower to resist it. And you can do the same thing with food, you know? Because ultimately, you know, again, it's the way you're thinking about food that's really driving so much of your eating because the way you're thinking about the food is dictating the desire for it. You see, I was just talking about this yesterday. I was thinking, you know, the biggest difference for me, like, like when I talk about mindset, mindset and how that's helping me to master my weight, it's not because I've tapped into some amazing amount of willpower. Like I want to make that clear. It's not a willpower thing. It's a framing thing, you know, so that, you know, when I think about, when I think about like a lot of processed foods, I don't have a strong desire for it. I used to eat them all the time and I had strong desire for it. Okay, so I want to make clear, it's not like I'm not some alien that doesn't love eating all that shitty food. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that tastes really good. It's not good for you. I have eaten it. I've been in that trap. Um, why don't I do it now? It's 90% mindset. It's 10% willpower. I'm not going to bullshit and say that there's no willpower. But it's mostly that I have changed how I think about these foods. And so the appeal of them has gone way down, you know? And so that, that's most of the work. You know, and that's where I focus on. And so if I feel a desire for a food that I know isn't great for me, instead of trying to fight against it, what I do is I will go to work. Um, I, I will go to work on changing the way I think about it, you know, and that serves me more long term. You know, again, I'm on this weight mastery path. Um, Haley says I've had issues with emotional eating since I was eight. OK, that's a long time. Um, emotional eating. L- let me hit kind of the, the big ones the big ones with emotional eating, I will share with you. The biggest thing of all with emotional eating, I said, again, I don't know your whole details, so this just take it or leave it. Take what, what, what applies and, and discard what doesn't, okay? I'm not saying this is the exact answer for everyone because I need to know the specifics. 55 now, okay. So I will give you just a general way that I approach emotional eating that's usually different than how most people are doing it. The first one is that I, like usually when people, regular, oh, okay, well, I have emotional eating, what they want to do is they want to just stop it. Right? There's, I got to stop emotional eating. But what you have to recognize is that emotional eating is serving a positive purpose. Right? You're emotional eating for a positive reason. Now, it's usually um, because that emotional eating is reducing the negative emotions you're experiencing. Right? So you might be stressed out or overwhelmed or depressed or whatever negative emotion you may be feeling. And the food, while you're eating it, it's a distraction from that. So it reduces those negative feelings. You know, um, and it creates pleasure. You know, a lot of these foods, they, they literally create pleasure in our brain. They trigger our pleasure centers, you know. So you get that, that dual effect. And on top of that, most people, you know, in our culture, we've been, we've been trained to use food as our main emotional management strategy, you know. Um, and so that gets to the main part of this is that <clears throat> the emotional eating is not a bad thing. So stop demonizing it. It's usually your best way to handle your emotions, Okay. And so once we recognize that, now we can move to the next step and we can just say, okay, what emotions am I working with here? You know, am I, am I doing this emotional eating to feel emotions or to not feel emotions? And it's usually a combination of the two. But if you recognize, well, I feel depressed and I turn to food. Okay. 
So once we recognize that specific, because you might do different emotional eatings, right? You know what I mean? You might get angry and all of a sudden eat. You might get depressed and all of a sudden eat. And it's important to recognize the specifics of that because once you do, then you can go and ask the question, what are some other ways that I can deal with this depression? What are some other ways I can feel better that don't involve food? What are some other ways I can manage this anger and reduce it without relying on food? No, I know you don't have this answer yet, but you're not asking this question, okay? So we don't want to demonize the emotional eating. We don't want to just get rid of it because it's serving a positive intention. We want to create another option for when we go into that emotional state of how to deal with it that doesn't involve food. And this feels a lot better because what people typically do is they say, okay, I'm going to get rid of the emotional eating. And so what happens is they get rid of the food, but they also get rid of that emotional management strategy, you see? And so I get a couple days in, like, okay, well, I've been eating good, but I feel like I'm ready to kill someone, right? I haven't relieved any stress in three days, and I'm, I'm freaking out, you see? And that happens to a lot of people. So we need to recognize that behind the emotional eating is we need to genuinely deal with these emotions, feeling the emotions we want, dealing with the emotions we don't want to feel in a genuine way. And once you have that, now that the story changes, because now you get emotional and it's like, okay, I have emotional eating I can do, but I also know I can go for a walk or I can call a friend or I can go to the movies or I can, whatever works for you, you know? And once you have a couple options that you can choose from, it becomes a lot easier because now you're not saying, oh, I'm gonna stop emotional eating. You start saying, I'm going to choose to do this healthier response instead because it feels a lot better. It genuinely actually reduces my emotions or fixes them and, um, and, and I'm losing weight. And this is the key part ultimately of this whole thing is that the emotional eating is not genuinely resolving your emotional issues. What it's doing is it's just distracting you from them. And if you zoom out, you realize the emotional eating is making all of it worse, you know? And so when you find genuine ways to deal with your emotions, um, not only do you end up losing weight, but you genuinely start resolving a lot of the emotional stuff going on, you know? And that, that's the big benefit, all right? Um, how to deal with fatigue during weight loss. Um, well, you know, in my opinion, you shouldn't be feeling fatigued with weight loss, you know? And so th that question makes me think, um, and, and you're welcome, Haley. Uh, that question makes me think that you're probably cutting too many calories out. You know what I mean? Which is common. That's what a lot of people do. Let's be honest, right? I mean, Weight Watchers up until somewhat recently, the average diet was telling you to cut 50, 60% of your calories on day one, right? That's crazy. That's a huge cut. You know, and so clearly that's going to lead to fatigue because not only the calorie reduction, but the cognitive load of dieting for people. Right. Because all of a sudden you're changing everything. Right. Some Monday I'm going to wake up. I'm going to eat everything I eat from now on is going to be different. <laughs> Listen, your eating is, is, is subconscious. It's autom It's automatic. You know what I mean? Like most of your we make over 200 food decisions a day. Those are all automatic pretty much, you know. Um, and so all of a sudden you diet, you're making all those decisions conscious. And so you've just upped your cognitive load um, tremendously. And what happens is most people, they can do this for a day or two and then they can't handle it. They just go back into how they always ate, right? So again, Program Yourself Thin is different because we're focused on the automated behaviors. Again, the, the goal with Program Yourself Thin is not to lose weight. It's to get you to your natural goal weight so that you can live there for the rest of your life on near autopilot a much better goal <laughs> that I'd suggest you adopt. And the way you do that is you focus on the subconscious mind and you focus on automatic behaviors. What are automatic behaviors? Brushing your teeth, right? That's a habit that you installed and now runs pretty much on its own. You know, you're aware of it somewhat, but it's 90, 95% of it is just, you wake up, you get up and you just brush your teeth. You get ready to go to bed, brush your teeth first, and then you go to bed, you know? And, and it's just an automated, beha automated behavior. So if you focus on your weight loss in that way, 
it's a game changer. It changes everything because we focus on the habits and we focus for the long term. Um, I'm sitting here 30 years managing my weight. I'm not dieting. I don't even work out. You know, um, what I have done is I have mastered my eating, you know, um, yeah, 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 Vicky, right? Life-changing concept, right? Creating healthier options instead of fighting against emotional eating. Yeah. It's like, you should use, like, when you feel yourself fighting against yourself, that should be a red flag. You know what I mean? Because you should feel a sense of congruency. You know, you should, where we want to be is we want all the parts of us moving in the same direction. And that's not what you're doing. Your subconscious mind is programmed to be overweight, Right. And that's why your weight stays pretty much the same over what you want it to be. But you try everything you can to lose weight and it stays pretty much over where you want it to be. That's your subconscious programming. And your your idea of dieting is you take your conscious mind, and try and fight against your subconscious mind. That's that's why it feels like a fight for all, forever, too. Right. That people oh, I lost weight for a year and I got off track and I went right back to where it was. You know, it's because you never change that subconscious programming. And so you're just consciously trying to force yourself to act different. You know, and it's just a temporary strategy. So, again, when you start focusing on long term strategies, habits, long term, the way your brain works, you know, with yourself, you should feel a sense of moving forward. And so if you're emotional eating, instead of saying, oh, God damn it, why am I emotional eating again? You say, oh, what's going on here? Let me understand it. Let me seek to understand it. Let's not demonize parts of ourselves. Let's bring them into the party. We'll we'll hug them and we'll, we'll help them will help them act different. I hope that makes sense. It's a much more comfortable way of, of creating change and much more effective, you know? Lodi says, I can't control to eat sweet stuff, so what to do? Could you advise, could you advise me, please? Sure. Um, yeah, sweet stuff. Listen, first off, sweet stuff's addictive, okay? So we need to know that we're working with an addictive substance, okay? Um, sugar lights up the same parts of your brain that cocaine does, okay? So it's an addictive substance. That doesn't mean you can't ever eat it, but it means you need to respect it. Um, I, I consume sugar, but I, I think of sugar like I think of alcohol. And, I, and I'm very respectful of it, and I moderate it, okay? So that's the first step. You know, you can't be eating sugar all the time and then wonder why you can't avoid sugar, okay? Um, it's an addictive substance. So um, that's the first step. Second step, I'd suggest part, an easy way to kind of reframe yourself in an initial way is to go watch some videos about what sugar does to your body, okay? So you start reframing what sugar is. Um, you don't even understand it, and you don't realize it, but we have been under the we're getting conditioned constantly to minimize the damage that sugar creates and what it does. There's a lot of money behind sugar. And so um, that, that's kind of a step forward. So I'd suggest those two things are just kind of quick, quick ways to do it. Um, Vicky says, gives back control, which is the very thing I've struggled with. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Vicky. That's right. Um, how to book a session. Um, I actually, I, I don't do sessions, uh, like, like one-off sessions, but I work with people through my program. And so it's, it's, a much better, it's a much better deal that way anyways. You know, with my program... Um, it's eight weeks, uh, that you're in it and there's coaching sessions every Tuesday and Thursday. So you get to work with me twice a week. And so, um, again, I, I don't even book sessions right now, but, but sessions, private sessions with me are 2,500 bucks anyways. And so it's a super deal, get the program. And then there's a whole program that's just really designed to help you master your weight. It's got everything you need. Um, most comprehensive weight mastery program that exists, no doubt about it. Um, but I got to get out of here. So if you want to go learn about that stuff, here's the first thing, click the link in my bio that is to get a, a hypnosis session that's free. Um, go listen to that, okay? It's a, it's a special design session to kind of get kickstart things, get you motivated, help you clarify what your goal is and help you connect to it so you can kind of experience it. It's motivating. It's free. Go listen to it. It's 10 minutes. Um, then once you do that, there's a training. I give you three steps to master your weight. It's about 25, 30 minutes. You should watch it. It's a whole new understanding of how to master your weight. It's a paradigm shifter, okay? It'll change the way you think about weight loss forever. So if you're really serious, go watch it. 
And then at the end of that, I explain the program and I give you a huge discount on it. So don't buy it from program yourself. Then go watch that training and then, um, you know, see if it's the right fit. And then if it is, get it through that link. Okay. Cause it's half the price. And, um, and there you go. Then we'll be working together next Tuesday. We'll have a session next, next week. Um, where, where I work. And again, when, when we do coaching, I work with everyone, you know what I mean? So you get, you know, you get a, a lot of time with me and stuff and I'll help you out specifically. So, all right, everyone have a great day. Uh, and we'll talk soon. Have a great day.